My name is Aram, my pronouns are he, him, and welcome to God's Fall. My name is Joe, my pronouns are he, him, and I play Lord Haldir Loran, the newly arisen god of war. When we last left the Lord of Ryland, he had recently found himself among the young godlings aboard Steelbeard. He made some effort to ingratiate himself to the crew and asked Caitlin to form a bridge with him. The moment the bridge was formed, they both vanished, reappearing on King's Isle hundreds of years in the future. Caitlin rolled a natural one. What did you roll? I rolled a 14 and a 3. That's because it's divinity, right? 17. Tell me what you wanted to happen. Uh, I wanted to bridge, and then I wanted to see if she could explore my different realities with me, with her traveling abilities. So you wanted to bridge and show her the different realities. That was your goal. Yeah. You will reach out. Like, she puts her hands up. And do you reach out as well? Yeah. Okay, so you reach out. You're moving to close your hands around each other. And she looks at you, and she's like... Don't worry, I've done this a lot of times. It's going to be just, and your hands clasp, and both of you simply vanish. And we're going to hold you right there. Haldir appears in the equivalent of Times Square in the 1980s. He stands in the glaring neon of a crisp fall evening as rivers of horseless metallic wagons trundle by. A sputtering of life hums from each, creating a constant rumble that echoes from all sides. Towers of glass and metal loom overhead, with only a few feet separating them. Thousands of people walk briskly and sometimes roughly past in seemingly every direction at once. He finds himself in a large bull surrounded by a bay, rung on all sides with docks awash with light. They glow without a flicker, for none contain flame. Strange chirping music leaks out from several boats filled with rambunctious youth dotted about the harbor. Everything is utterly overwhelming, but even in that moment, Haldir can still make out the shrill cry of a gray box encased in a glass rectangle. It sits at the edge of a raised stone platform that seems to separate those on foot from those within the horseless carriages. The sound is that of a bell, rapid and insistent, that rings for a few seconds, falls quiet, and then rings again in the same manner. Okay, well then, what do you remember from where we were last? And uh, I have notes, don't, so don't worry. I, what I remember is we were in, um, so the town, what was that town's name? The town's name you were in was Hogsfeet. Right, with the fest, with the fest. And so we... Hogsfest for Hogsfeet. Right, and we fought that thing. The flesh monster. The, flesh, the crazy fucking right. flesh monster we destroyed. And you were integral in destroying that flesh that monster. That was like a really fun... I mean, it was it was almost shocking at how well that, that battle went. For a team that had just been thrown together recently, you all sure did work together well. So we, did, we defeated the flesh monster, went back. I saw one of their god spark grenade things. Zion's been calling it like a godstone battery. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and so one of the batteries, I took one with me. Yes. Um, into the room. One that had been emptied. Which, but that could be recharged with whatever divinity was put into it. I think it was. I think it had the swords in it. He had yours still in it. Yes. Yep. Yeah, because Para had emptied his, or you had emptied Para's, one way or the other. Yep. So there was none of Para's juice, but there was yours still in it. But you could, I think that's again, right. re- release it and add to it at will. And I think Michael was pretty angry that I managed to get that sleight of hand roll. <laughs> so pissed. Uh, which is perfect. Which works well. Because <laughs> Zion would be pissed. <laughs> And then went to sleep in the room or like meditated in the room, appeared with Caitlin. We bridged, yep. rolled a one, yeah. and teleported out of space and time. So she rolled a one. You rolled okay. Yeah. And I was like, what did you want to happen? And you said, I wanted to show her yeah. these pathways into other worlds and other realities and other times that I've been seeing. Yes. So you did. <laughs> so you, there was a bright flash of light. Yep. And you appeared on what is the equivalent of a street in Manhattan Ah. in the 80s. We're in Times Square. There's all the lights. There's all the electricity, except it's not electricity. It's all powered by godstones, but we'll get into that later. But it's all the lights and all the energy, all the technology of the 1980s, except there's also some magic. So there's pay phones, but you'll also see an occasional scry pad or some communication device that's clearly using magic in order to function. So there's a combination of these things already. The clothes are way different. There's cars, there's rivers of cars everywhere. And you're just standing in this incredibly busy sidewalk in like late afternoon. So this is, it's just, it's just Times Square, like 1985, mm-hmm. except some magic. Are, there, are they all humans there as well? Is it in the multi-races? There's mostly human, but there are definitely elves there. You're seeing dwarves. You're seeing gnomes. You're, you're, you're seeing all the races you are familiar with, in, including some beasts as well. Got it. So imagine if Manhattan was laid out like Chicago, so it was all along a shoreline as opposed to a peninsula. Got it. You're basically on Lakeshore. Holy shit. Okay. Is it me and Caitlin next to me? No. Here's the thing. It's just you. And and people in the 80s, especially mid-80s, especially Manhattan, are pretty flamboyantly dressed. So despite the fact that you have showed up wearing exactly what you were wearing before, <laughs> you're not causing that much attention. The attention you are getting is positive. I mean, it's it's New York. <laughs> it's New York. You just look pimp as shit. With your fucking fur covered off the side. People are down for it. I, 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 uh, this is extremely shocking. I mean, Hell, Hell Deer is just like totally shocked. Um, cars going everywhere. Have you ever? Uh, um, it's so loud. I'm picturing, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember the movie this is from, but you know, when somebody's like really disoriented because they're just coming out of, of, of like uh, of a sleep or or like coming coming down of a high, and they're like stumbling through the streets and they see the lights that are like flashing by and people are looking at them and they're talking but they don't really understand what they're saying and everything's just going by in a world. That's kind of what I'm imagining as as he becomes dis- disoriented from this completely different, complete shift in his uh, location and, and everything is just so foreign. Especially because it is so loud and you traveled forward in time. Caitlin has shifted around in time, but she can only shift around in time up to her current existence. And Caitlin would have told you this because Caitlin tells everyone. She would have told you at some point on the boat. You can't stop her from telling people about her abilities. So I go anywhere into my own past, anywhere that I've been, I can go again. If it's 
Beyond that, in the past, I can't get there, which is really frustrating. But if I bridge with someone or if I just enter someone's dreams who have been into the past and they agree to go with me, then I can access further in the past. But I can't go into the future, which, again, is really frustrating. And I'm trying, I'm trying really hard. But that's pretty much all that I can do is I can go into the past at any point, whenever I want, and, you know, look around, talk to people. This has been a really good talk. The only way she could reach this pathway, the only way that dreams could touch the future was because it, you, your pathway. This only could exist because of Haldir. Fascinating. Can you roll perception? I can. In the middle of this chaos. What is my, what is my perception? A million. <laughs> uh, so I got a 12 plus 6, 18. So you kind of stagger. And you're bumped a couple times, jostled a couple times as people, again, just rivers of people moving past you quickly at all times. Everyone seems to be in quite a hurry. And in the middle of all this, there's this piercing ring. There's this bell, this continuous monotonous bell that seems to grow louder and louder in the middle of all this din and noise and confusion. And as you look to your left, there's this glass box. And the front of it you see someone step out of it and it kind of like, un- like, like, like there's two of them back to back and they're in one of them and they step out and they push against one of these glass walls and it just folds away and then they step out and the, in the other box there's this thing inside like a rectangle of metal with a handle and a metal cord or a rope it looks like and it's just ringing there's this bell that's ringing insistently and for some reason it seems to draw you towards it Haldir's first experience with a public phone terminal. Um, Haldir's so overwhelmed that taking anything that he could focus his attention on just latches. Sure. So it just latch onto that sound and just and, and move and just move forward. You know, pushing people out of my way. Yeah. You know, not you know not even paying attention to what's around me. Just who the fuck are you? One so thing. <laughs> yeah. Psycho <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here! I'm walking the, here. You're walking here. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so pushing people out of the way. Um, get to the phone. Get to the phone. The phone box. Or sorry, this strange glass box with this rectangular cord. With no no real idea of what's of, of what's happening. There's more than one of them. They're all over the place in the '80s, and you glance over at one, and you see someone lift up the handle and put it to their head. I do the same. Hello, Haldir. Who's this? Oh, good. Hey, it's Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah. How are you? Where the hell did you take me? Well. It's still call gun. That's the good news. We're in Qadar. That's not great. And pretty clearly in the future. In the future? Yeah. How far? Really far. Aldir needs to just take a break, take a pause. He sees everything because now at least things have been put in perspective. Yeah. And so he starts to look around and see things, see things in a new light, looking for anything, um, anything familiar. So is there anything around him that he might recognize? Can I roll perception for that, or like what's the? Sure. When you say that you would recognize, what what are you looking for? 
I'm looking for names of cities that I, that I might know. You know, I'm looking. I'm looking for gotcha. um, even like races and like people I might recognize or, or some type of machines or, or anything that I might I might know. You know, clothing styles, anything that I find that I might recognize. The word Kadaria jumps out all over the place. Shapes and designs that seem old that have been repurposed into, into patterns. There's high elves, there's the occasional orc, there's dwarves. Again, there's no, there's, so there's all these races interacting and there's like elements that feel familiar, but all of it seems referenced. Like a holy symbol might now be a fabric pattern. The design of a building might mimic an old castle. So there's all these reference points, but clearly it's all paying homage and it's all kind of mixed up and jumbled with each other. I guess back into the receiver, the telephone, um, whatever the Kadarians call it. Um, voice box. Into the magic voice box. Where are you? Well, I'm here in this... I hate to call it a phone. I heard someone say it was a phone. I can be here in this phone. In this, There's a lot of things that communicate in this world. And I can be in things that communicate. But it's hard for her to stay in one for long because they all use divine energy. It's, this entire civilization is powered by godstones. Everything's got a battery, right? Everything runs off this energy. And she drains them by being in them rather quickly. So this call is not going to last long. Oh. Yeah. Do I still have the battery in my pocket? You reach into your pocket and find out. I'm reaching into my pocket. <laughs> what do I have? Can I make sure I have the li- my lions? You reach into your pocket and you pull out the battery and your two lion statues. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. You still feel my god powers and whatnot. Absolutely. If divinity was a jug of maple syrup at IHOP... The syrup you had back where you were is original flavor. And this syrup is strawberry. Does it, is it the same amount of sugar, amount of syrup, same container, same method of delivery, but the flavor is slightly different. That's how I would explain it. That's how it feels. This is fascinating. All right. So Haldir, after his initial confusion, is starting to acclimate to the situation. He, he's not one to not be in control for very long, right? A few things. First, Caitlin. Yeah. Can you take me back? That's the other thing. Sure, in theory, absolutely. I don't know how to yet, but I'm working on it. Until then, you need to be really careful. And then she pauses for a second. There's like a crackle and a hiss. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Please check and try again. Please hang up. Walk north. About 20 minutes, there's a store. It's called Playland. Go there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Caitlin? Caitlin? So that's done. I dropped the phone. <laughs> it's just like hanging by its string there. Exit the box, push open, push open the thing, step out. And I just like listen to this city sure. and to everything happening. It's not overwhelming now. It's, it's like focused, and it helps me focus. It's, it's almost like turning into a white noise of this, this place of incredible potential. They've harnessed Godstones to the point that they've built these incredible buildings, that they have just lights that are 
creating images on the side of these these massive larger buildings than anything you could possibly imagine previously. They use glass in ways you've never seen before. Entire buildings seem to be supported by glass. If you could bring this back, 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 back. if I could learn how this is done and bring this back, imagine what you could do. The power that that would give you. You would, if you had, if you could bring it back and then you had just the time to devote and the people to devote to creating this and to turning your city into this, you wouldn't even have to conquer the world. Everybody would come to you. She said, head north. Yes. Great. Can I see the sun? Yeah, you can see the sun. Yeah, it's, okay. it's it's like it's dipping in between buildings, but you can see the sun. Do I know if it's morning? The sun's beginning to dip, so you know it's setting where it's setting, and you know where north is. All right. To the west is the ocean. To the east is city. And then to the north and south, you're basically walking along the coast. And the ocean here is built up. Like, it's not like it hits a beach. Like, there is beach in areas. Oh. It's like the city goes right to the edge. It's like all harbor and shipping and everything else. And you're at the edge of basically a huge inner sea. A big round inner sea that then connects to the ocean further to the west. The edge of a big inner sea. So am I like a block away from the... From where the from where like the the harbor starts, you're basically on a boardwalk almost. Oh, I'm on a board. Okay. Got yeah. It. So there's this there's this you know boardwalk, and then there's a um, yep. like a lake short drive, like a large multi lane road next to you, right? And then a couple iron bridges that go over to get pedestrians from one side to the next, that kind of thing. I'm on the coast. Yep. Let's go north. Okay. I, I guess I just start walking, and you know, being a high elf. I imagine that the same rules apply. So I expect everybody who's especially not a high elf. I understand that, that, you know, I don't know who the gentry are here. I don't know who's really in charge. I don't know what the classes look like. But, but I know that the high elves are on the top. So I might, I might step out of the way of another high elf just to avoid the confrontation at the moment. Sure. But anybody else should be getting out of my way as I walk. So you walk from north for a while, and as and the more you walk north, the less crowded it gets. So it starts to die down a bit. You were you were clearly in the hubbub, and now you're stepping out of it. But as you walk, someone just throws a shoulder into you. Some human just throws a shoulder into you, and then shouts at you very gruffly as they walk past. Can I understand what they're saying? They're basically telling you to fuck off. So as soon as that happens, this almost blinding mix of rage and indignation just yes. and this guy i'm assuming is did he keep walking is he gonna did he even turn to see what i'm doing he turns to yell at you and like he'd see you turn around and then he gives you some kind of hand gesture but he's never stopped walking away this fucking guy this guy this human this fucking guy how the audacity that is outrageous i i, I at this point he's got he's got his hand out you know, ready to summon a crossbow to just shoot this guy in the back. Sure. Or to, you know, grab him and turn him around or do something. Yeah. But I am the prize. Now, there's still a busy street. So there's people like all around you. So I just say, hey, you. Yeah. And he turns and he kind of gives you the what? I say, how dare you? You heard me long ears. Watch where you're walking. And he just long turns his back on you ears. and walks away. Or begins to. Long ears. All right, I need to turn out what spells I have. Hold on. Can't you hear with those long ears? That's what I thought. My God. 
I don't know if starting off a new world, I'm killing somebody is the way to do it. Um, I'm also at this point, I don't know who's watching me. I mean, I, assumedly, I'm completely anonymous. Um, assumedly. So I don't want, I don't want to give away everything at once. I'd rather not send my lines if I, if I, you know, if I can help it. Making um, a scene, you don't know. I mean, you're used to, certainly in Ryland, there's a lot of scrying magics and communication magics and clairvoyance magics. So it would not be unexpected in a future society to have such things. I think he's made the decision. We're not going to incinerate this man um, at the moment. But you could. But I could. <laughs> oh, I have no idea how anybody around me would react. I, I, don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the social structure is. It's outrageous to think that a high elf could be treated in such a way without everybody in the vicinity like taking cover with the expectation that I'm going to you know, dissolve this man in acid. This crassness was not unique. It is a commonality that you are now seeing all around you. People stick together. There's a cluster of high elves here. There's a cluster of, you know what I mean? Like people tend to group, but there's no like, like everyone has access to the same things. Everyone's going into the same stores. Everyone's walking the same sidewalks. Everyone's riding in, in the same carriages. There's no separation between the classes. That's as obvious as you could see on a city sidewalk. Outrageous. Turn just fucking fuming and keep walking. Keep going north. Okay. So as you're walking, uh, it begins to die down. It never like gets empty. The streets are never empty. This is an incredibly busy city everywhere. And no matter how far you go north, there's still storefronts and little, you know, uh, side people selling pretzels and stuff like that. Right. And there's screens everywhere. And in these screens are images of, trees and people and vehicles and lights and explosions and it's all these different things that are being shown to you as if you're looking through a window but it's a box and you pass one particular store that is basically just a big glass window filled with these boxes all different sizes and shapes all kind of stacked on top of each other all with a, a little sign and a number of how much gold they are and a presentation is playing Excitement grows as preparations continue for the founding, a day of unity in which Kadarians across the aisles spill into the streets and celebrate their first year of global rule. That era began right here in King's Isle, once the elite playground of royalty, and now a truly modern city where all races and faiths work and live together. Home to the Council of Six, King's Isle was given to the people when the Kadarian monarchy ceded power to the civilian government at the historic Treaty of Mount Evans. Lord Thaver Minecrafter spoke from her balcony to a gathering of citizens and supporters this afternoon about her plans for the festivities. Oh, I'm sure my secretary has it all figured out. I'm just worried about how I can sneak in a nap or I'll never see midnight. It's been an exhausting week for the Lord's Council as they have balanced a desire to celebrate the founding with a respectful nod towards those who perished in the terror attacks of last year. Kadarian President Haldir Loran led a tribute at Crescent Park and unveiled the locks, an artificial whirlpool 100 feet across constructed along Bayshore Drive. The anonymous artist said that she designed the memorial to reflect the seemingly endless sorrow the city has experienced since the attacks. 
Padar and the members of the board pass along a full 10% of our thoughts and prayers for the calendar month to the family and friends who were taken from us. Today is a reminder that violence cannot weaken us, nor fear divide us, but that we must remain ever vigilant against those who would seek to harm us. In that spirit, we are happy to announce that the Council has unanimously passed the Public Account of Divinity Act. It will celebrate our saviors while holding them accountable for their godly powers and provide a method of direct redress for any and all life and property damaged by unauthorized use of divinity. More importantly, it will allow the council to bring these rogue elements under control and banish those that cannot be redeemed where they belong. The Union. The camera pans up and two people fly overhead and over the cameras and over the crowd to much cheering and sparkles of energy trail in their wakes as they fly over in these absurd, brightly colored costumes and masks and fly off to either side. Ooh, how dear likes that. That makes, Of course he does. That makes him feel good. All right, so what did we learn? It's the same person you saw when you were connected to all the different realities. This is, without a doubt, your original patron. So this is the guy who tried to absorb me into himself. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, isn't that very interesting? I mean, really, keep walking north. Or, or we can talk to somebody and find out where where this guy fucking is and confront him. Gotta be honest, didn't go too good last time. And you're on his home turf now. And I'm on his home turf now. <laughs> I'm up late now, though, so, you know. That's true. You're a lot more powerful than you were. And you got Caitlin. I mean, do I? Hopefully. Or do, do I have a cell phone? I can just give her a call? Like, what's she gonna do? <laughs> I might have Caitlin. You might have Caitlin. Hopefully you got a Caitlin. But, man, this bodes well for my future. I like this. It's also... I guess I guess he's an elf. Yeah. I was like, it's shocking that this type of technological development would, would would happen within one lifetime. One lifetime. It's how Deer's lifetime. So it's like like maybe five or six hundred years. So I guess five or six hundred years makes sense. I was thinking like I mean the U.S. has only been around for two hundred years. Yeah. This is the equivalent of you like in your upper sixties, early seventies, right? So sure. you've lived most of your life. It's about five hundred, six hundred years, and that's like you know, it's that's longer than the U.S. took to get going. So, and I am the king of Qadar. So, yeah, that's right. You're the king of. Really got well, that going for me. No. So as you like, you'll get more information on this later. Qadar is a corporation slash government entity, and you'll find out more. Run by the civil council. So you run the Kadarian Corporation, which is also, oh. which is which which is on the council. That's what the president. So the Kadarian Corporation is on the council because it's the largest corporation. Do you remember when we talked about Rizan and how they did voting and basically where, like, let's say you wanted to be in charge of the docks. When you ran for office, you would run for office. A couple other people would. You'd each be assigned a magical vault that sat in front of the office that you would hold. And people voted by putting money into those vaults. And, and, and everyone who ran for office made a big, huge, grand show of putting a shit ton of money into their own vault. And whoever wins takes all the money from all the vaults and collects it, and that's the budget for that department for the year. 
what this is now is that taken even larger. Every single human being, every single creature is taken exceedingly good care of in this world. There's the best health care. There's the best pay. There's the best benefits. Because when you work for someone, you're casting your vote. So if you work for the Kadarian Corporation, they're going to take really good care of you and give you whatever you need. And they automatically assume that you approve everything they're fighting for as far as on a government level. So by working for someone, you assign your vote to them for as long as you work for them. Well, that's fascinating. It's like a fascinating mix of like late stage capitalism and socialism. Like 100 percent. Fascinating. Everyone's well taken care of. I mean, really well. Like, like the, these, these streets are clean. The people are well fed. They're, you know, you, you don't see a beggar on the street because literally any corporation will run up and offer them actually, a place to live, a basic salary, because the vote is worth it. Instead of spending all this money and all this effort and all these ad campaigns and everything else, they just buy you. We, I know that Haldir's in charge. Yep. Don't quite understand the, the, all the mechanics of it yet. Also, this man is dangerous. I know that because he's me and because he also tried to already kill me. Right. Slash absorb me into I'm himself. Dangerous. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess um, I keep walking north, but that's a great point about how cleanly things are. And, and I think that's something that, that, that Hal Deer would start to notice as well. Yeah. You know, you're not stepping over mounds of feces in the street that no one's bothered to pick up until until you literally can't get past it you don't have the butchers throwing the offal and the and the leavings out out into the gutter you know there's no homeless people nobody None. nobody that you can see that has you know visible lesions on their skin or anybody that's even dressed in ratty clothing things look like they're well hemmed they're well made they're well kept and so many logos oh my god like these companies are just giving out free clothes Advertising. That's this world. It's a terrifying paradise. So you, so you turn to walk north again? Yeah. So you've been like just staring at this television for like 10 minutes, like this whole bank of like, like coming to all these realizations. Yep. You turn to walk north, you, like, you kind of like nod and turn to walk north, and you just slam into this guy who rolls off you. He's got a bottle in his hand. He reeks of alcohol, and he points at you, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. That is some spark Lord Haldir cosplay there, man. You look good, man. I haven't seen it that good in so long. It's old school. It's old when he started, but you look good, man. And he points at you and he's like, does the finger guns and just kind of stumbles away. I I, I don't even know how. I guess just a mix of like mild amusement and like what to do if and when recognized. I mean, you're basically president of the world. Yeah. Um, yes. People might notice so you. we're lucky that this guy, that this one particular guy is a drunk. That interaction, however, drew some attention. There's three wild elves standing a little bit off to the side who are just staring you down now. They're all dressed the same. They're all in the same clothes, right? It's, a, it's kind of like a weird... If you were to modernize a wild elf, you ever see a hook... Remember Rufio? Yeah. Oh, I just watched that the other day. Yes. So think three wild elves dressed as Rufio. Okay. <laughs> okay. Think that. Yeah, I love they're it. They're looking over at you, right? And they got their arms crossed and they're just staring at you. Just staring daggers at you. Not all as well. Soon looking to see himself hurt. Yeah. So it's clear that, you know, how there's in charge, but there's always the malcontents. It's not, it's, it's not surprising necessarily that it would be the trash, the wood elves. 
Of um, course. They always so, are. Oh, it's a fucking problem. As they would be. Goddamn, why can't Pear just burn down that forest stall? <laughs> I'll have to make, make a note of that. That way, when I come to power later back in my own world, we won't have to deal with these, this rabble. So think it'll have a go at us, do you? And they kind of like start to swagger towards you. You know what I mean? Are they, which way am I facing? So, so are they coming from the north? So if you're walking north, yeah. they're like northeast. So they're walking to inner to intercept you now. Um, Not like running or anything, just like casually walking towards you. They seem pretty confident. I give them a look, like a really dismissive scowl, and then just keep walking like they don't even exist. You're in our turf suit, and you hear this weird mechanical click behind you. I turn, mm-hmm. and just to see what he's, what he's got. So there's one elf in the front, an elf to either side, and the one elf has their hand extended as if they were holding a crossbow that was missing the bow, just the trigger mechanism, and some sort of barrel, but the whole bow part was missing. But it looks, but in all other ways, he's aiming a crossbow at you. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so um, it's a crossbow. Turn so my side is facing him. Smaller target, right? Smart. I don't want any trouble. Do you really say, I don't want any trouble? I don't know what to say. You have adapted to this modern age. I, really no, quickly. you're right. It's not New York. All right, hold on. It is New York, <laughs> but, I'm not, but I'm not there yet. No, fuck this. I'm hell dear. So, um, you know, he's got his crossbow. Well, I've got mine. Excellent. And so I, I raise my... And so there's two reasons for this. Number one because I think it'll be threatening. And number two, I don't think these people would actually attack the real Haldir if he was walking through the fucking streets, right? Right. And so if I demonstrate some powers that hopefully people have seen... So you basically turn your side, raise your hand, and have your crossbow appear magically in your hand. Yes. I would like you to roll intimidation with advantage. Plus three, so 20. And then advantage is just twice, right? Right, correct. And then 13 and three is 16, so 20. So you point this crossbow, and when it appears in your hand, their eyes go wild. The first guy literally puts his hands up and just drops the pistol to the ground, and they back up. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We just thought you were playing, man. We just thought you were playing. The sparrows got no beef. And they turn, and they just take off. The guy literally leaves his pistol on the ground. So I, I quickly dismiss my crossbow and walk over and pick up the pistol. The second you touch it, you instantly know what it is. You know that it is a pistol. You know that it has a bottom to it that can be popped out and that there are bullets in there. You know that the bullets have what's called gunpowder inside them. You know that there is one bullet in the chamber ready to load. You know the gun is a safety. You know that safety is off. You know that there are seven more bullets inside this gun and that they will load automatically without you having to do anything as soon as you pull that trigger. So I'm holding, I'm holding that gun. You know, just not, I'm not holding the, the, the handle. I don't have my hand on the trigger. I'm just, I'm just holding it right. with my left hand. And then I turn, still looking at the, at the gun. I try and summon that as a packed weapon in my right hand. So you're holding this real gun and you go to your left and you think for a moment and you are very easily able to summon a gun as your packed weapon. Beautiful. <laughs> I thought you'd be happy about this. That's incredible. You just had to see one. I take that gun, which is now more or less useless to me. I mean, nothing is better than a packed weapon. Every time you summon it, it'll be loaded. I can use two hands. I can have as many as I want, really, I guess. It but reloads as a bonus action. 
without you having to do anything. He loses his bonus. Just like the crossbow, because when because yeah, when you take when you you have a feat that allows you to have the advanced weapons, and when you fire with a crossbow, the crossbow automatically reloads. It takes away the ability the need to reload it. If that's true, then a gun would reload too. You don't even need bullets. I turn over because I'm walking on on a boardwalk, right? Yeah. So I turn over to where the water is. I walk over to the water, and I drop it in. The main road is pulled away to kind of wrap around this park and also built this huge glass circle. So most, so a third of it is just uh, roadway, where you can, not roadway, but like walkway, like, like park area. And there's all these lit screens every, everywhere that people are standing in, in front of and interacting with. And then the majority of the, of the structure is, a, is the outer ring is a glass walkway around the entire area. And the inner structure is just an open artificial whirlpool. And then in the center, where the actual dropaway is, is a glass platform that goes directly out over it. And the idea of this structure that is, um, as it's beginning to dim and get dark, the lights are coming on, this whole thing is lit up, is that it's this perpetual loss. Fifty thousand people were killed last year in this incredible terror attack by they call them powered beings and they or divine beings, but to you these are demigods or gods. Like that's what did this. And this terror attack has now led to this registration of all the divine creatures and to the building of this thing called the loss. And what people do is they basically stand here, they contemplate loss with this ever with this never-ending hole that just falls into nothing. And people are, are encouraged to throw things in and to be taken away. Like, they will come here with old pictures or paintings or a movie ticket, whatever. Anything that they have that reminds them of this person. And they will cast these things into the water to be taken and, like, to let go. Like, it's this whole process of healing. It wasn't really planned, but it's what people ended up doing. And instead of stopping them... They saw it as valuable, so it became a thing. So when you walk up and you chuck your gun into the water, no one even bats an eye. Fascinating. Uh, can I walk out onto the platform? I'm going to walk out onto the platform that's above like the eye of the whirlpool. Yeah, and it's just, again, it's just a pane of glass. There's no supports under it whatsoever. It's clearly held in place by, by magic. magic. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I want to get over it and look down. It's just, it's just black. There's nothing. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a hole, basically. It's, they've made an artificial, it's, you know what it feels very similar to? It feels very similar to when you saw the dead god Sito and how it kept sucking water into its mouth. Yes. That's what this feels like. I was just thinking, I was like, where's Friday when you need her? You're right. Um, First time we've ever said that. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fascinating okay uh well that's extremely interesting so file that away as another interesting thing they can apparently control the, the fucking ocean they can control the sea uh, or at least create sinkholes are not they are common not common in nature but they happen in nature right sure, yeah. and they and they and they happen in lakes too there are holes in lakes where lakes just continuously drain into this hole that goes into wherever but to artificially make one i don't know that it's any more I don't know that that's any more shocking than the buildings, the vehicles. I, I imagine what is probably the most shocking for somebody to come from, you know, from, from the time that Haldir came to 1980s New York 
is the sheer size of the buildings. Totally. And trying to contemplate how all of the are. other, and how close they are, and trying to contemplate all the other mechanical marvels that go into creating something like this, right? I mean, in your time, they built huge buildings. You guys had the Snow Aspire, that, that tower yeah. of magical learning with had, you know, the, it had all those glass rings up yep. around it that are yep. identical to the ones you're walking on now. So you had these structures, but the idea that they would be on top of each other, that they'd be so yeah. plentiful. Just and so commonplace. is stunning. Absolutely stunning. And then just the sheer amount of people. Because, again, I mean, Ani was, Ani had approached, had hit a million before yeah. the breaking, right? That was unthinkable. Yeah. This city is clearly many times that. All right. Uh, guns in the water. Um, giant whirlpool. That's a monument to the loss of... Uh, to the rebellion, the terrorist attack. Um, I guess I imagine what they're calling it. Um, depends which side you're on. Depends. That's right. One man's <laughs> just is like a, what's anything the, else. What's the, so there's a quote from One man's terrorist and another man's freedom fighter. That is exactly it. Kieran mm-hmm. Reese. Okay. Yep. So. Um, I went to school for a little bit. I read yeah. some shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So they, they start walking and ju- I just start walking north again. The rest of the of your journey is quiet and contemplative. A dark seems to come quickly. Like once the sun sinks, it almost feels like it's pulled by gravity further down faster. And the lights just come on and they're blazing everywhere. But even with that, the glow from Playland's neon sign can be seen clearly three blocks away. Mm. A 30-foot-wide passage between two glass and metal towers was covered by a glass roof attached to both buildings. The passage is open on, on either end, and the space within crammed with a hundred loud flashing boxes. Despite the glass roof, the arcade is dim and filled with smoke, lit mainly by the glow of countless screens. And that same kind of tingy noise that was in the box earlier when you talked to Caitlin. So as I approach Playland, I want to look out for any of more of those boxes with the phones. Do I see any any close to it, or is there any more around? Yeah, I mean, there are these phone boxes everywhere. Some of them are inside glass boxes like the one you saw. Other ones are just mounted on the wall. So there's two outside as you walk in. One of them has the handle ripped off and missing. The other one is intact. Inside, there's a couple more that seem to be like along a back like along one of the side walls, you can spot a couple from the entrance. There's two that are outside, one that's missing like the receiver and the other one that, that was intact. Yeah. So to the one that's outside of it, I just, I walk up and I, and I pick up the, the working receiver. It, it, did something similar, is something similar happening that happened when I picked up the gun as well? That I know how it works or, or is it just, that's just for weapons? A phone isn't a weapon. You know what I mean? I mean, it could be used as a weapon, but it's not a weapon. Yeah. Anything could be a weapon. No. Yeah, right. Anything could be a weapon. But, it, but something has to have the intent right. of being a weapon for you to be able to understand it. Yeah. That makes sense. Understand its weapon properties. Okay. So I, I pick up the phone. I put it to my ear. And do I hear any, like, is there, is there any sound coming out? Yeah. There's like a do. I just say, Caitlin. And then it goes. And then. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. Please insert 25 cents. 25 cents. Do I know what that is? Do I know what cents If you'd like to make a call, please insert one silver coin. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have my coin purse on me? Am I I destitute? Absolutely you do. All the things you had on you, you have. Well, I don't, because I don't. So when I I went 
Caitlin like pulls me out of my dreams, right? Yes. So who knows what I had before? On me. What Caitlin was doing was, as far as you were concerned, projecting you. Your clothes might be different. Your situations might be different. You might not have all the things on you you normally had. In this instance, it feels like, and again, who the fuck knows? But it feels like you were removed from where you were and placed in the future. All right. Well, let's take out a silver, a silver coin then. Well, I wonder what's inflation's been like up to this point. <laughs> right? So you drop a silver coin into it, a change in the tone, and then silence. Caitlin? Silence. Connect me with Caitlin, you wretched box. Hello? Are you trying to place a call? Yes. Uh, Please give me the name and city of the person you're trying to call. Do I know what city she's in? You know you're in, right now, you know you're in King's Isle, because there's signs for it everywhere. So this city you're in is called King's Isle. I'm looking for, uh, does Caitlin have a last name? Not that you know. Okay. <laughs> she say, does. I'm looking for uh, Caitlin in King's Isle. I would need a last name, sir. Lots of Caitlin's in King's Isle. And just, and just out of frustration, I guess I just hang up, because <laughs> what else is there? Or, or I guess I don't hang up, because I don't know how it works. So I uh, just... You just drop it. Instead of answering the guy... I just, I just yell over him. Caitlin! Caitlin, are you there? Sir, I'm sorry. There's no Caitlin here. Caitlin, I've arrived at Playland. Sir, there's no, there's no Caitlin here, sir. I'm at Playland, Caitlin. Sir, if this is a prank, we really don't have the time. <laughs> Lots of important calls that need to go through. Drop the receiver. And I'm walking in. And there's... Music blaring, there's people smoking, it's this perfume of cigarette smoke and axe body spray and <laughs> sweat, right? It's just like it's this very it's this youthful, arrogant energy, okay? And you're pushing through and things are dark and it is dim, and these are not the kind of people you'd normally hang out with. Like they're not dirty, but they're clean on the outside, but they're dirty on the inside. <laughs> like, you know, these people are, will never be clean. Yeah, these people are trash. Right? Yeah. So you're pushing through for a while, and I'd like you to roll perception. Uh, that's seven and six, which gives me 13. So you're looking around for a bit, and you find a couple other phones. You pick up the receivers. It's the same deal. It's always a person who claims to be like an operator. They all claim to be the same thing, so you, you assume it's a job. And eventually, you're just kind of frustrated, and you turn, and you see this one box. It's kind of in, like in the middle with like a light above it. This it just seems to come out from everything else. It seems to set itself apart for some reason in a weird way. And it's called Dreams of Flight. There's, a, there's this weird metal bird-like creature, something with wings on it, and big, huge, colorful, balloon-like letters that say Dreams of Flight. I, I walk up to the, uh, to the glowing machine. So there's like a, there's like a big seat. Right? There's like a curtain that you would part, almost like you were, you were getting into a photo booth. And there's a big seat and you'd sit down and there's some sort of like stick or rudder in front of you, s- several buttons and a screen that's displaying a view as if you were very high in the air. And another screen behind you that seems to show the back of the contraption that you're in and another seat behind you. Like, it's like there's not actually a physical seat. It's just a video, a screen showing a seat. 
So there's one in the front, one in the back. There's a screen. So it's, it kind of like wraps you in screens. Got it. Yeah. Got it. It's clear. It's it's for the for us and the people at home. It is clearly a flight simulator. You know, part the curtain. There's what else? I don't know what else I could do here. This seems to be something interesting. Dreams, flight. Insert two silver coins. I sit down. Um, I take the coins. And I, re- I realized this on the phone. How would he know how to insert? <laughs> like, insert, what does that mean? It's true. Right, yeah. What is, I mean, if, I think eventually Haldir's smart enough to see a hole that a coin would fit in. Yeah. He just, and also he's got the, you know, he's got the cash flow to not worry about dumping a few. Ryland would have really advanced mechanical and clockwork things. Oh. And I would imagine that Haldir growing up would have seen, possibly even owned, some sort of dwarven-made, like a, a really intricate bank. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. So... I would say that, like, you know, you see this slot and it reminds you of this clockwork bank and you just know that a coin goes in there. Sure. So it takes, you know, two silver coins out of my out of my little pouch with just the understanding that I should probably be careful because I don't have access to my letters of credit and to the banks that I would have. You do have those gems, though. What gems do I have? So you have coins and gems, remember? Uh, you have a little pile of gems yes. that are worth a lot of money, like several right. thousand gold. So you can find a way to sell those as well. He's got to hawk them. Uh, yeah, exactly. I also imagine that, you know, Big Daddy Haldir has... <laughs> All the money in the world? Has, has a ton of money, and I could probably hatch some scheme to pass myself off, off as him. Yeah. But let's avoid that if possible. So <laughs> uh, it see. takes... Yes, that's right. So it takes takes two silver coins and slips them into the slot. So you put them both in. There's like a bloop, 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 bloop. With each coin, you put in this weird, again, electronic sound, right? Which you're starting... You've, you now know the word electronic. And it's weird for... Or the, you know, I, don't, I don't like the word electronic in this world. It would be... would be a word of things that worked on divine energy? Like a guard, Godspark or like a... Um... Yeah, Godspark is kind of like the... Yeah, Godspark is the energy. I, I like that. But Godspark Onyx. <laughs> you know what? Spark Onyx. Spark Onyx. Spark Onyx, and and the and it also fits because like um, when that guy said you had really nice cosplay, he said your cosplay was Spark, so that actually fits with their vernacular as well. Nice. So that, yeah, okay, I like it. That works perfect. Spark yeah. Onyx. Okay, yeah. cool. So you put uh, two coins in the screen flashes, and you're like it's giving you some like the like you know you are prepared for your night. Bombing mission over the high seas, blah blah blah. You know, duh, 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 duh. there's all this stuff going, on. and then behind you, you hear, "Hey, you got here." Turn around. Yep. And your co-pilot is Caitlin. She got a little helmet on, a little. And she pulls away the little mask, and she waves. And she's twenty-six, twenty-seven. Fascinating. She was what twelve? She was like thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. She's doubled in age. So I just say Caitlin. Yeah. Here's the thing. To me right now, this feels like I've always been this way and that my younger self is separate and in the past, even though I know very well that's not true. But it sure feels that way in my head right now. So we did this. When we bridged, we sent us here. We certainly did. An alarm goes off above you that kind of startles both of you, and a red light begins to spin, and you hear, Incoming aircraft, a six o'clock. Haldir, better watch your six. And she points, like, over, and I need you to make a dexterity save. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Haldir in a flight simulator. Yep. But no, that's not good. It's a weapon. 
so you know how to use it. Oh, that's so fascinating. So I would like you to roll with advantage. Okay, so that was seven and three, so that would give me 10, and then advantage. That is a 19 and a three, so. 22? 22. Yeah. You grab the stick, you grab the a throttle, and you understand exactly what you're doing, and you spin this ship or vehicle, whatever the hell you're in, out of the way, a shooting star flies past you, leaving a trail of smoke as it arcs off and explodes. And then another one of these steel birds comes streaming past you and flying off to the left. You're able to control easily, and you realize if you got behind that thing, you could probably destroy it. I I imagine in something like this, there's a moment of, holy shit, this is real. Because it's, it's, it's immersive to a point. Your heart's in your throat. Plus, the whole thing shifted. Like, when you turn left, the whole thing swung left. Aldir knows how to use it. Let's, you know, he's going to play it out like it is real, just in case. He, he doesn't totally. know if he's been teleported into something. Like he's got no idea right. what the possibilities You're in are here, some other. So. Maybe the other thing was just like this and just stepped into another one. How the fuck do you know? That's right. It's, it's clearly some type of communication device, as far as he's aware, if he can talk to Caitlin through it, right? And so it's like, what else could it be? So anyway. So I would like you to roll to hit with either your guns, which you know you have unlimited of, or your missiles, which you know you have four of. Am I an issue here? Is that the, what's that called? It's your you, turn. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, am I, am, your turn. Have, I, have, I, have I moved behind this guy at this point? So or like? basically this, a plane, I'm just gonna use our terms because it'll be easier. The plane came up behind you, got a lock on you, a missile lock. You heard that warning go off and you peeled off just in time for the missile to shoot underneath you. And then the plane came screaming past you. Oh, got it. So he's in front of you. now you're pulling in behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's, I mean, let's go missiles. All right. Then I would like you to roll missile lock, which means you get to roll to hit with advantage. So roll two die 20 plus seven. Two die 20 plus seven. Yeah. That's... Not going to be high, hopefully. It's 13 total. Okay. Oh, that's natural one for my second one. So let's okay. go with the first Fortunately, one. Fortunately, that's not used. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to roll a dodge. And I rolled a three. So three plus seven is not going to help him. And you, there's basically, you feel your whole vehicle shudder as another one of these shooting stars, or a missile as you know it now, goes firing off from underneath your ship, streaks across the sky, strikes this other vehicle, and explodes as you go soaring past. Now you're looking down at your radar, right? And there, or probably not radar, but whatever it is, there's some, there's a, there's a plate in front of you. There are dots on this plate. You recognize that those dots are other aircraft and they are closing in. We don't have much time. I was going to say, I was about to say, Caitlin, clearly there's not much time. I have so many questions. I'm just trying to distill down, right? To what, what, what's the most important question? And that is, could you move me back and forth from this world to our world? Theoretically, yes. I've done it before. You, do you have to be in this world in person to do that? I would assume so, yeah. Are you in this world in person? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, that's infuriating. I really, yeah, I'm not real thrilled about it either, to be frank. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I feel as if, I feel as if I'm connecting to the dreams of this world. And I feel stronger as these dreams happen. And if I could be in a place where there was a real focus of wishes and dreams and belief and thought towards the future, maybe... I think, I think I could get us out of here. 
I think I know where we can go for that. Where? So as you're playing, right, and you're flying along wherever this fake, you know, area is, she brings up a little picture-in-picture, and you're seeing, like, a real 1980s graphic version of the area you were just in where the, where the um, fountain was and where the loss was and where the whole park was. And he's like, so you know that you're here, right? Not you, but, like, other you? Like, maybe you? Old you? Yes, yes, yes. You know that, right? Okay. Good, because that was really weird. I didn't know how to bring that up. Okay, so tomorrow, you, old you, we're going to sit, let's just say old you, old you is going to give a speech at the founding celebration and uh, in, in the park downtown where they have that uh, circular glass thing. And there's going to be a lot of people there, and uh, that sounds like something that'll have the energy we need. Okay. So you just have to make it until tomorrow. Beep, 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 as like three of these dots are getting closer to you. Uh, that sounds easy enough. Um, so so you can't bridge with me now. I don't even... And there's like, you know, again, um, you, you you hear like, you know, bandits, four o'clock, right? I don't even feel like you're real. I don't even feel like I'm real, but I'm getting stronger. I'll work on it. And then you see a missile fly past you. I would like you to roll a dexterity save. Uh, it's not good. It's nine. Bullets rip along the side. The missile, you just get around, but bullets cut into your left wing. Flame explodes along the wing next to him and is licking at the cockpit around you. You. She reaches and she puts her hand on the glass that separates you. She's like, I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. I'll get us out, and then the plane snaps in half. She gets sucked out into nothing, and you spiral around. Game over. And the lights come on, and it's just at the start, a screen again. And there's a score of like 629,000 points. And some little paper tickets are being spit out of a box at your feet. Thank you for joining us for God's Fall episode 100, Back to the Future. We are working hard to get microphone kits to all of our players. We can continue to record the show, but we need your help to make it happen. We are selling off our reserve stock of God's Fall world books and pumping our patron with new content, including a series of patron-only games where I run our listeners through one-shots and a mini-campaign in Kalgun. Visit godsfall.com for more information or check out the patron at patreon.com slash vardian. And we'll see you all next time in the world of the five kingdoms. This show was produced and edited by Dead Ghost Productions. Find out more about us and all the shows we make at deadghostpro.com. <laughs> <laughs>